0: Welcome to our podcast, I'm Liz and I'm Taylor and now we're talking Darian.
1: Hello and welcome today is August 4th and today we have a topic-based discussion. As my family prepares to embark on the 2021-22 school year, I know there is some anxiety in my household about whether or not we're going to be wearing masks or asked to get a vaccine Um, and I have to think our family is not alone.
0: You're not alone, Taylor. I'm feeling it. I feel like everything seems to be coming to a head as we approach September here. Um, So we thought it'd be a great idea to bring in a specialist in this area. We have Amanda Craig joining us. She's a family therapist who's been practicing for over 20 years. Uh, I don't want to give a list of credentials because she's here and I'm going to have her do it herself. So here we go. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. We really appreciate you being here because we know how busy you are.
2: Thank you for inviting me. This is fun. Yeah,
0: it is fun. It's supposed to be fun. I'm looking forward to talking with you. All right. Oh, yeah, we are as well. So, you know, I I was just kind of alluding to your credentials, but I thought, you know, let's just hear it from the horse's mouth. Can you let us know uh, how long you've been doing this and what your specialty is?
2: So my specialty is family therapy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, My doctorate is in family psychology. And I've been working with couples and families for over 20 years. I often say there's more than one person in my office at a time. And we're really looking at the best way to function as a system.
0: As a family system? Exactly. Family unit? Yep. And
2: we also take into account our other systems, our communities, our schools, because all of those are going to be very impactful for our health and wellness as individuals. Now,
1: do you work primarily with families in the Darien area or is it...
2: So I've been in New York City for the last 15 years, 10 years. And I moved to Darien um, and opened a practice three years ago. And during COVID, we did close our space. So we're doing only telehealth in New York City. Um, We have seven therapists in our New York location. And then here I have a sole um, private
0: practice. Wow. But you've been, you yourself actually do live in Darien.
2: I do. I live in Darien. Really excited. I opened a space in September, um, and I have what we call MMFT Partners, which are a variety of wellness and service providers. So we have a psychiatrist, we have a healing, um, uh, energy healer, an acupuncturist, a nutritionist. So we have all these services together right in downtown Darianne, that I'm really excited about. Where in downtown? I'm excited too. We're right on Post Road (laughs) above
1: Sipster's. Oh, okay. Are you still working with clients in Manhattan
2: or are you mostly focused on Darian clients now or Darian area clients? So mostly my clients are Darian. I do have some telehealth I'm still doing in New York City with clients that I've had for, I'm not taking new clients in New York. Um, All my, most of my time is spent with Darian couples and families. So I'll have couples come in, I'll have parents and kids, I'll have whole families So it's a variety depending on
0: what their goals are. And how young of kids are you seeing?
2: Um, So I do see tweens and teens really in the context of the family though. So I don't have teens or tweens come in my office every week for individual therapy ongoing. Mm -hmm. They may come for one or two sessions or one off. They may come with a parent. I may work with the parents about the tween or parenting. Um, But I really have a systemic approach where I'm often not working with just one person in a family.
0: Well, see, this is why we wanted to bring you in because you have this, this dynamic you describe of actually hearing from tweens, children, and alongside their parents. This is kind of the, this is the voice we want to kind of hear and get this idea of these trends and how they relate to school year. Yeah. And trends as
1: it relates to COVID and going back to school. So can you talk to us about what you've seen over the last, you know, 18 months as we've suffered through COVID and as we approach the back to school season?
2: Yeah. So it's been, it's been a wild ride. We started and we kind of closed our offices and most people um, took a couple weeks off. And when you think way back to the beginning of this, we thought we'd all close down for two weeks and then it was going to be right. over. Do you remember that? Yeah, totally. That was the hope. <laughs> right. And so we closed our offices. We realized COVID was going to be longer term. So people slowly started coming back. Um, at first it felt like a lot of people, if, if I'm going with general, generally were kind of hunkering down, looking at this as a potential opportunity for more family time or something that they could like get on board with and kind of power through. And over time, it's like, you get tired, you get exhausted. Mm-hmm. It, 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 became harder to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Totally. And so you could feel, um, and I think really the turn of the, of the year when we got to 2021, it's almost like people thought magically it was gonna be different because it was 2021 and we had a new president. But the reality is it wasn't a light switch like that. And so the burnout of when is this gonna end and how hard is this and the issues at home have really heightened. You see um, just more conflict, more frustration. There's not as many buffers and outs for families where they usually could hang with other couples or go, go to all the places, go on vacation, get out of the, the usual. Mm-hmm. Not only could they not f- access those buffers, but they also were working from home. So you have kids in hybrid learning at home. You have both parents at home working. It, be- it became a heavier stress and a heavier lifestyle and again not much end in sight.
0: Right. And still I feel like this this is the climate we're in right now as you know school starts in about a month for most people and now covid is amping up again there's you know there's talk about a new strain coming in and so people are feeling like well we thought we were going to go back to a school year and possibly have no masks or possibly have choices in vaccination for our children the environment's feeling heavy. So in light of that what kind of conversations are, can you tell us that our kids are having or parents are having with their kids?
2: So there's maybe a couple trends that I'm seeing. One are the kids that maybe weren't in school last year, they decided to do hybrid learning all, all year. And so now they're looking at going back to school. And in the parent and the teen or tween's mind, it was always, okay, beginning of the school year will be a fresh start. So let's start back then. Right, right. So that sounds good in theory, but now that we're inching closer, it's not
0: the fresh start that we thought we would have almost.
2: Right. And I've been out all year. You know, I haven't had access to all my feet, my peers. I felt a little isolated. What are my peers going to think of me? Are my peers going to notice I wasn't there? Are they going to ask me where I've been? Right. So there can be an anxiety associated
0: with going back to school when we took the year off. Do you find kids are missing school? Like I, I, I try to remember going back to the age of middle school, such a tough time, you know, middle school, high school, nobody like, misses middle school. No, right? I know. I know. But like, do the, are the kids were some, were you seeing some kids were kind of happy at the excuse to stay home and kind of hide? Or is it based on person or some kids are really missing that interactive environment? I could see.
2: So both, right. All, all of the things, some kids are pretty easy going and they'll, they don't mind the hybrid. Cause on hybrid days, You know, they get to sleep in late, they don't have to wear a mask and they can put their feet up on their table in pajamas. Mm -hmm. But then they like the socializing. So for some kids, hybrid really made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Other kids don't do great in the traditional learning environment. And for some of those kids, being hybrid actually felt better. Maybe they were getting away from peer pressure or bullying that didn't feel good. Maybe When you say
1: hybrid, you mean fully remote or you mean hybrid where some days they're in the building and some days they're home. So sometimes
2: in school, sometimes remote. Okay. Um, some kids don't do great in the school day to every day, right? Whether it's, they have academic problems that aren't being addressed. They find school hard. They find sitting and doing the expectations of school hard, um, peer relationships. Then they're having difficulty there that learning environment just doesn't speak to their mind. For some kids, being online has actually been a better learning tool for them. And then you have the flip side where some kids learning online doesn't hold their attention. They need more instruction. They need more interaction with adults or with teachers in order to understand concepts and stay organized. Well, so this
0: makes me think you've mentioned this before when we kind of we did pre-interview. We talked about this a little bit before how I was curious if kids are using COVID unintentionally as an excuse to either avoid or confront those, the social pressures that they have to deal with in middle school and high school. Are you seeing anything like that?
2: I don't, especially with tweens, I don't know that they're methodical enough to think through all of that. Okay. But I think they can realize I don't have to go to school and I haven't felt that pressure and that feels good. Mm. You know, as you get into your teenage years, your thinking's more sophisticated. As tweens, it's a little less, um, they're just less able to put that together and put words to that. They may understand they're not comfortable and they're more comfortable when they're not in school. It's kind of more simple, it's basic. Um, Teenagers might be able to put more words and understanding on a deeper level you know, I have anxiety, they've probably by 15, if they've been bullied for years, they've probably named that. Whereas a kid who's experiencing at nine or 10 may not, or first year in middle school, may not really have language for that, may not feel strong enough or secure enough to name that with an adult.
1: When it's such an unusual and unnatural situation for our kids to kind of be faced with the option of going to school or not, right? We've never faced that. That's never really been an option except in some extreme cases. Good point. But now I actually think, you know, everything I've read, despite the spikes in caseloads, it sounds like everyone's going back or that's the plan, right? I think almost every district in Connecticut, I think, wants their kids to go back to school. The question I think is masks, vaccines. What's that going to look like? Are you... Talking to kids about any of that, like what was the impact of masks on kids? Did you talk to families and kids about that? Did you see any ramifications of wearing masks?
2: So it was interesting when I've I've been kind of hybrid between telehealth and in person for most of COVID. And when the kids were coming into the office and we were still all wearing masks, they'd come in with masks and they didn't mind. They they kind of are used to it. They acclimated well. In my office, the kids I'm working with, this isn't a blanket statement across all kids, but the kids I'm exposed to, my kids at home, wear masks kind of by by choice, they don't mind. And so they'd come in the office, they kept them on. Even when it got to the point where it was optional, they still would prefer to wear them. Really. And then it became, you know, kind of the the running joke of, are you wearing the mask because you're afraid to get COVID in my office or do you have a new hoodie system?
0: Oh, the hoodie of 2021. Like right? Kids like hiding you it. got the hoodie oh, with the hood okay. and then the okay. strings
2: they can pull and become invisible. Well, now you had the mask where we couldn't see your face expression. So you come in with mom and dad and mom and dad have a couple
0: of things they need you to know. But you're hiding behind your mask. You got your mask on. Yeah. Interesting. That's so interesting. Are you seeing that as long, like, for, so with tweens or just high school? Like, as they both,
2: both. And I think, you know, I think a lot of them just got so used to it. Like it was their, they wore them every day to school, especially when we went back to school full time. They're wearing them in sports and extracurricular activities. They're wearing them in store. Like they just kind of got used to wearing them. Um, but then I also think kind of that added benefit was the hoodie effect well certainly there's some kids that are going to benefit from that i can see that but i mean a lot of kids
1: are not benefiting from that right i mean do you have any opinions about like the healthiness of that i mean what does it do to kid's psyche that they you know that they can hide behind a mask or that they don't feel safe without it now i mean that's terrible i i worry for the kids and especially the kids that need to see you know the social cues that are now hidden behind a mask right um or that need the the speech and language development need to see the mouth the teacher's mouth like it
2: there's certainly a lot of downside to it. Here's the thing. If there's, a, if there's a predisposition towards anxiety, right? So kids that have anxiety to begin with, the kids who were signing up for sports and then refusing to go, mm-hmm. the kids who had, had stress about going to school before COVID. COVID didn't create a lot of anxiety and depression per se, And we could argue that, but different discussion. Really what we notice is kids who had kind of an anxiety, even parents who have an anxiety to begin with or predisposition towards depression, this is one of those things that really either heightened it or brought it out, out, right? So a kid who has an anxiety about wearing a mask likely had anxiety before the mask about other things. And what about the average kids?
1: I mean, I've read some heartbreaking stories about, you know, the teen suicide right yeah i mean are those kids that were doing fine and then weren't doing fine after covid or were they predisposed to depression before that i mean if you
2: i hope you haven't but have you experienced anything so what we're seeing kind of as a trend across the united states is um higher levels of depression earlier
0: but why is it the kids or is it coming from the parents? Or the, are we projecting this on our kids? Because obviously parents are stressed. we? Right.
2: Uh, you know, probably all of the above. Like, that's the thing. And I want to be super clear. You know, when I, when I pick an example, that's not every kid, right? There's a rainbow of opportunities here where, yes, some kids are coming with a predisposition towards anxiety. Our tween years, because of the change in your brain and all the neural pathways blossoming like spring, is the perfect time for a predisposed anxiety or depression that's maybe in the genes from a whole family lineage of depression to start rooting or start, start coming into environment. And you take something like COVID or all the other social dilemmas that we're having, that's a perfect opportunity to kind of shake the kid up and really pull that anxiety out. Yeah, I mean, different it's not like it was just COVID, right? We've had a whole lot of oh. other stuff going on. In the I, last I, right. So it's like, is it just the masks? I mean, it's the masks. It's the presidency. It's their access to social media in, in a way that we were never exposed. Yeah. They know things that we don't even know they know.
0: And parents being home, right? Rest. Maybe okay. kids were used to kind of hiding a bit from their parents and getting away with stuff. and Now their parents are in their face and in their space. And, and the parents
2: are talking and the kids are there. And where we're used to them being out more and us having time to have some of those private conversations, they're, ne- they're never gone. So we're having private conversations. They're around. They're picking up on words from their own social media and their friends. And now they hear us say, you know, similar words or the same words. So- it is anxiety provoking. It's, it's, it's a lot of instability for them.
1: I mean, I've heard domestic violence is majorly on the rise, right? Bad I mean,
2: alcohol um, purchasing sure. is up like 400 percent. Wow. I, I mean, I can't imagine
1: like your business has got to be through the roof. I can't imagine. I mean, do you have any statistics about how it's changed in the last year and a half? Even off the cuff, like,
2: I mean, I what I do know is alcohol purchases are skyrocketing. I know um, mental health of younger kids, including suicide, is on the rise, so those tween years. Um, You know, I did read recently divorce rate. Um, Women are filing more often than men. You know, those are kind of my more recent
0: statistics that I've come across. You talk about kids being home and listening to these conversations, hearing uh, conversations, and it made me think about – the tough decisions our kids are having to make. Okay, what We told We mentioned masks. The b- mask. The big one coming up now is vaccines, and that made me think about like how kids are informed enough to make it- decisions. Like, and let me back that up. Like, as adults, like we get mixed messages, right? Some people are watching only one news channel. Some people are watching no- only another news channel. And like, you all have, we're all fighting our own battles as adults to be as informed as we think we are. You know, we might all disagree on that. So how are we? How do we expect our kids to be informed decision makers if we as adults don't agree and feel like we each of us have the the proper information?
2: Yeah. Big big feelings, big problems, right? And we just do the best we can. And I I I I look to we We look at the information that we have. Kids can do the same thing. We want to be talking to our kids. We want to be giving them information. We want to be sharing with them our opinion. We want to ask, this is a key one, ask their opinion. Ask what they think. Ask what language they're going to use with their friends when they ask if they're vaccinated or going to get the vaccine. Those conversations that we have Asking them what they're exposed to, what they're seeing on TikTok about masks. They're definitely getting information there about masks.
0: Well, they're getting social pressure, too. I know this is a fact from just, you know, family relations. Kids are feeling the pressure to get vaccinated. It's the new cool thing to do. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that heard that. I've actually heard that story from multiple kids. And I guess, do you see that pressure? Do you hear hear kids or families talk about that? Because
2: i'm not I'm not hearing that pressure. I believe it does exist, where I think it's crucial is parents understand where their position. and And this is kind of a global statement, whether it's on masks, the vaccine, your politics, your curfew for your kids, like whatever it is, why your kid does or doesn't play football, whatever the issue is, know your position. know if it's coming from a place of, Like sturdy intention that's heartfelt that's your true soulful space, or if it's coming from anxiety, depression, fear.
0: Oh, like what you're projecting on your those opinions you're putting on your kids. Like even before we get there,
2: know yourself. Am I am I am I riding my kids to wear their mask because I am so anxious and fearful and and stressed out? That's a different experience for myself and my kids, then if I've decided my kids, I want them to be masked because I worry about it. I have read enough to know that the risk is still out there. I'm concerned for their well-being. I've read enough to know that there's less risk health-wise to a mask than not. And I'm going to talk with my kids about that. I'm going to ask them about their thoughts on it. And together we can come up with language that makes sense for our family's value
0: system. But that's the thing I'm talking about. I feel like, go ahead, Tara. Yeah, no, I mean, I... The, the projection, I was gonna say, the projection of parents, like this like misinformation, like I'm with you, like I feel like, you know, I was just telling the other day, like I read on the American Pediatrics, was the APP, like how... The Association there was like, a viral thing around about how Pfizer was one of their main sponsors, right? And I saw, and I saw the trail of it and I went and looked and it was a valid picture. They were a sponsor. And I went and looked two weeks later, it went viral and two weeks later it got pulled down. So as a parent, I'm thinking... I am struggling to find the information I need, the correct information. So I like, I don't know. Like, I love, I guess I like what you're saying is like, just ask the kids instead of, but I don't even know how these kids can be in, informed. Well,
1: it's not, I mean, in my opinion, it's not really up to them. Like, it's not up to my 12 year old whether or not he gets vaccinated. And yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, and as far as knowing where you stand, like I, I'm happy to say, like I'm not a parent that's comfortable with vaccinating my kids yet. They have asked me if they can get vaccinated and I've said, no, not yet. Um, that's uncomfortable because then there is a scenario. I don't know if it's going to happen yet or maybe later where they are going to have to prove that they have or haven't been, and that they will be wearing what is essentially a scarlet a, right? Like the mask because they chose not to get vaccinated. That's a really difficult social position to put a 12 year old in, Um, or a 10 year old or whatever it ends up being. Um, and I hope that knowing where I stand matters because I have a feeling that that might, that decision and that. Role that I play in their lives as the decision maker on something like that could be taken from me. Um, I mean, are you? I guess, do you have any advice for a parent like me, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor? You're gonna have to come in for a private side. Yeah, like I, you, know, you got. to pay for I this, Taylor. Not, right.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no. Hey, you're definitely not alone. You're. You're. And like, here's where I go back to. Whatever your position is. So let's just take your example. I imagine you're having that conversation with your kid of, here's why we're not vaccinating. Here's where I stand. What do you think? Why would you want to? I hear you asking to be vaccinated. Tell me about that. First of all, when you ask your tween, right? Those are the nine to 12 year years. When you ask your tween, help me understand your position on that. I don't really care if it's right or wrong. What I'm trying to do is exercise his brain to practice thinking. Absolutely. Talking out loud, hearing himself in his thoughts so he can go away and go, Yeah, I'd say that differently. That's what they're doing at that age. They're practicing thinking, they're practicing using their brain and communicating that out loud. So we want to give them space in a, in a, And this is a perfect form. It's like, why do you want to get vaccinated? What do you think the vaccine is? What do you hope to gain from getting vaccinated? Do you find your friends are vaccinated? What are they telling you? What are they saying about it? Not only are they thinking they're developing a position, and then we can talk with them about what their feelings are, and we can talk with them about what language they use then. Like maybe the bottom line is my kid totally wants to get vaccinated, and I'm just not having it for really good reason. So, I'm not coming from anxiety and fear and fret because that's a different discussion. I'm coming from a solid base where I truly soulfully believe this is the right choice for my family. So, I can hold my head up high with confidence and say this is just what we're doing, buddy. And we can come up with language you can use. I wouldn't say it like this cuz they'll never buy it, but We can help them come up with language that they can use with their buddies who are saying, like, why aren't you getting vaccinated? See, you gotta wear your mask. Oh, better put your mask on. We're going in here. Right? So we can help them cultivate confidence and a voice to stand up for what our family value system is.
0: Is there a teen that can do that though? I mean, even as like an adult at 40 years old. I would have a hard time going out there and being like no i am you know and taking that social stance in this world of shaming i mean when it's difficult too because i mean really the the reason i don't feel comfortable is because i don't think that we've got enough
1: data yet right it hasn't been out there long enough for me to feel comfortable you know i'm halfway through my life ish and i've had kids like the risk profile for me is different i'm comfortable getting the vaccine i have gotten the vaccine my little ones they have their whole life ahead of them. What if we find out things aren't great? But if I, I mean, and I have explained that to them, but I'm worried that it's a very sensitive thing because I don't want them to tell their best friend who is vaccinated, well, you you might have trouble someday.
2: they are going to have neurological have... problems yeah. <laughs> I <mean>, starting soon. <laughs> so right? it's hard. I mean, I don't want them to feel like but they can't explain But that's where we're not, and, and this is like a great takeaway for the 9 to 12 especially. It's like, because as teens, you want our teens to be able to have a voice. If a, tw- if a teen can't say to their friend, I'm not getting vaccinated, my family and I have decided we're not going in that direction. Like that's a di- that's a whole different problem, right? Like there's an insecurity there, there's a stress there. There's a difference between I can own my voice, I can name it out loud. I'm awkwardly trying to figure out how to use my voice. I'm shy and introverted, and I won't use my voice because I'm scared people won't like me. Those are four different profiles. You know, if you have that latter one, again, you're going to have that in other places than just COVID and mask and vaccination conversations, right? Mm-hmm. But the nine to 12 year olds, they're the ones we're saying less, we're asking, right? What do you think? Yeah, we're not doing that, but tell me what you think. Absolutely. You know, like, I want to know. And like, what would you, what if you said like, dude, stop flexing on your backs?
0: (laughs) I don't even know what that means. You speak a different language.
2: (laughs) She's speaking tween. You know, or he comes home and says he was, he was all sweats on his vaccination. Right? It's like, what do you want to say to that guy? How do you be like Clever. Yeah, right. And like, let's talk about that. How do we be clever? How do we like not put our friend down and not start that? Because that's more that unkind that we're trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. We're veering a little to an unkind society. If we veer back, hey, I don't care what your decision was, Neither's right or wrong. We're all kind of throwing darts at a dirty wall or a dark wall. Like, I don't know, to your point. We don't know what's real and what's not. Things that seem real, real can be not real tomorrow. Like we just do the best we can. We make good choices. We be nice. It we comes support from each other. other. We support each other. And it's like, hey, no offense. Maybe you're making the right choice. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I don't care. Let's just go kick that ball.
0: Yeah. I'll wear my mask. You don't want to wear it? That's cool. So you, are, so in your conversations, in your sessions, are you, you're working with parents to try to help them ask these questions smartly to Yeah, it's more about opening up this dialogue with your child, like communicating with them thoughtfully about your, your wishes
2: or your family's value around this, right? It's not even your, it's your, here's where we stand as a family. Here's where we stand with religion. Here's where we stand with politics. Here's where we stand with meals. Mm -hmm. Here's where we stand with bedtime. Like as a family system, we all have the values we're trying to instill in our kids. This is just one more example. Here it is. But more importantly, tell me what you think. This is is what it is.
1: And yeah, I mean, I I hope I didn't come across the wrong way. I definitely want the kids to feel that their voices are valued in this. Beautiful. I I skipped right to the, you know, my truly line in the sand. Like, you know, but I think they understand it because we have talked about it. Yes. And so there's two important conversations. There's the conversation with the kids about why we're doing this and, you know, getting everybody kind of on the same page and to feel heard. But then there's the conversation with their friends. And I've already seen it started to happen. Um, and I just, my heart breaks and I, I, know that they haven't yet been put back in that school environment where, you know, they, they might be identifiable as making that choice just for wearing a mask. I mean, right it's, now it we're not facing with it, but it's going to be
2: tough. It's going to be tough. And kids who are more, um, prone to anxiety and depression, they're going to have a lot of frets and fears or kids that are being bullied already. Sure. Like exactly, hundred percent, those are going to be really tough conversations. And as parents, we're going to sit in some pretty big emotions
0: mm-hmm.
2: and having to support that in a way we let them talk, we give them, you know, we play with them around what language they can use with kids, but they're learning a huge life skill here. Right? And we're helping, we're holding their hand during that. What typically doesn't fare super well is when we don't listen to them and we give them the answer and send them off to school. We really want them to have more space to talk about what it's like for them, what they're seeing, how they feel about it, helping them put words to it. So when the kids said that, were you embarrassed because other kids were around? Or were you more angry because you'd really like to be vaccinated? Or were you more surprised he went there because he's usually a really good friend, Mm. right? We've just taught the kid how to think through, yeah, which one of those resonates? Hmm, you know, none of those or this one. That kid just learned a huge valuable life lesson. You know,
1: given all the big things we have confronted with this pandemic, I'd love to hear some good news. Are our kids developing skills that they might not have otherwise at like earlier
2: ages because they've had to confront these big things? Totally. You know, they're learning about adversity, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know that our kids really win the gold medal if they never go through an adversity in childhood. 100%. Right? Like kids have to get bumps and bruises, right? There's bumps and bruises. The other side of the spectrum is in so much pain, abuse, and trauma, right? That's a different discussion, but kids should feel some adversity, they should feel um, some some pain, <laughs> right? They should feel no, right? It's a, in fact, we need to say no to our kids and follow through. So that's one thing. They're getting some adversity. This is tough stuff. The other thing they're getting is a lot of kids are getting um, some f- family time that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of kids that are seeing dad for the first time or um, they're able to do like, sleep in late. Later, they're not getting up so early. A lot of kids don't do great getting up at 6.30 in the morning to get to school. You know, when they get up at 7.30, they feel more rested. Um, kids, their day is a little more of a meander than a rush, right? They're not going from activity to activity, to school, to sleep, to hurry. My, my tween said to me one day, stop life rushing me, <laughs> right? COVID, we did not life rush, we slowed it all down because there was nowhere to go. Where That's a great term.
0: Isn't that a great term? Yes. Stop
2: life-rushing me. I, I and that. so they've gotten to like slow down and like, you know, smell the roses and and kind of engage in life in a more meaningful way. You know, we're playing board games or we're talking more or we're having dinner at the dinner table because we have the time. And, you know, great question for parents that are listening to this to think about like, what did we gain over COVID and how do we keep doing that? Because as, as life is starting to speed up and we'll feel it really go into probably a fourth gear in the fall, how do we keep some of these new values that we've experienced as a family and continue to do those, even if our schedule and our usuals start to pr- push us away from that. hmm Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: actually, you know, kind of going on the tangent in my own head right now about, you know, how families have managed through this with parents having to work out of the house and kids having to stay, you know, busy and connected and, you know, kind of quiet. Um, I know my oldest has been more engaged online gaming with other kids. And for the first time, like, I'll admit, like I gave I allowed him to play Fortnite for the first time because he was able to talk to his friends when he couldn't see them. It was such a gift. Whereas, you know, six months prior, I was like, Mm-mm, no Fortnite, like we're not doing that. How did, how has their dependence on online and gaming and social media impacted our kids? Have you been able to like draw any
2: conclusions from that during COVID? Yeah, so true. Our pediatrician who I love said... Um, because every year we go in, and we're like, "How much is too much screen time this year?" How much? Yeah. Now he's a year older. Now what's the screen time? And this like year is a map, right, right? Right? Like he has the answer, right? There's a right? formula, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and he's like, "It doesn't matter. It's COVID, right? Survival, right?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Just survive it." But so there is a piece of that into your point. They are socializing, right? Like that's their friends, and it and and like if again. We can put um, video games into a really dark box of wrong, but there's a lot of right in it, right? There's, There's, they do learn different skills. My son has spent numerous hours, countless creating avatars. Right and and uh, and like fixing the wingspan of his basketball player. I mean, there's interesting things going on in those games. Besides, now if your kid's in his room for ten hours shooting, that's a different problem. Yeah, we're not talking about that profile. I'm talking about the kids that are like on there, on there more. We want to give them that time and that social time. And then you know, my biggest thing about the the screens, I do think there should be limits. I do think there's an addictive quality to it, a hundred percent. Um, we have to look at ourselves. That's not just a kid thing. And then the other thing is when we ask the kids to get off, we don't have to entertain them. It's not about doing it for them, but it is okay sometimes to engage with them. Hey, get off that. Help me, um, bake this thing. Or why don't you get off that? We'll go take the dog for that walk. When there, when we have an active audience in them, that's where we can connect. Right? That's where we can, we can ask the question, like, how's it going at school? What happened with that girl? Yeah, is it becoming harder for parents
1: to get their kids to open up now because of COVID? Like, I wonder, are they more
2: or less willing to talk? I mean, they have more opportunity, right? Right. Because everybody's in the house. Um, You know, probably the big, I don't know in a general perspective, the answer to that. What I see a lot in my office is, um, parents giving the answer, fixing it, doing it for them
0: ah. quickly. Parents are giving the answer in the office or you found that in the that's scenario why before. Con-
2: that's why they're in the office because they've been fixing it and giving the answer and, and hurrying them along and, and, and it's not working. There's a disconnect now, right? Because either the kid's not being heard, the kid's not doing what the parent wants, you know, there's friction, there's conflict or there's disconnect, Right Again, the kid who's up in his room all the time, there's probably not a lot of conflict, but there's a lot of disconnect anyway. What are the signs of depression? So we see um, kids or adults will stop doing things they used to like to do. You may see an overall mood change that's more often than not. It doesn't seem to lift over time. Um So maybe they're more um, like there's a sad disposition and they don't perk up in the morning. It kind of feels like an even kind of melancholy. It can also come out in anger. We see that more with like teens and men where a depression instead of kind of low, quiet, withdrawn will come out more as like an anger or an irritation. So I'd be watching for either of those and they don't seem to pass. They seem almost stuck in it or it's more often than not. Um, so they give up things they used to like to do, less energy. Kids will talk more about aches and pains. So I got a stomach ache, I got a stomach ache, I got a stomach ache. We've taken them to the doctor. The doctor doesn't really see anything wrong with their stomach. Mm-hmm. But they're still complaining of stomach aches are big, headaches are big. Um, exhaustion, eating habits change. Maybe they're eating a lot, or maybe they're not eating much at all. But you see some sort of eating eating change. And then like, of course, the more moderate, severe depression is going to come out in um, cutting or scratching at at your skin or kind of suicidal thoughts or plans.
0: Mm. I hate talking about social media. I'm sorry, but you guys danced on it. I wanted to ask one other question about it, which is where it intersects with peer pressure and possibly bullying and how you discover if that's the case with these kids and families, how you figure out if there is a problem there, like too much, and if it's dictating their behaviors in a negative way.
2: Well, you're, you're gonna see my pattern here, right? Because okay. I go right back to what's, what is your kid's favorite game? How good are they at it? What are they doing? What's the goal of it? What happens when they don't do well? Not by what they're telling me or what I think, but because I've sat down and watched,
0: not just the game, versus, not just games. I'm saying, like, even if they're going on um, TikTok, yeah. Whatever, let me yeah. Let, show me,
2: yeah, so, and not show me from Show Me, but like, ooh, I'm curious, what's up
0: there? Oh, yeah, what's going on? Let me see. You're not demanding. No, you're like, senior. what?
2: What is that? Right? And and here's the thing: when you have an open environment where you're like, let me, see, oh my gosh, that guy's crazy. Oh my goodness, that's hysterical. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I can't believe you just did that. Versus, I can't believe you're watching that. You know, that's not good for your health. Da, 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 da.
0: Well, I'm thinking about going back to school too. Like as these conversations ramp up and we're getting here, you know, the week countdown and the conversations getting more and more amped. Of whether you're going to wear your mask, whether you're going to get vaccinated, and kids are going on and they're communicating through social media because they're not out and day. Like, you know, should parents be like looking at those conversations and if like you know and asking to be involved in those to make sure their kids aren't getting mixed messages or. I'm
2: huge into um, reading your kids' texts, emails, Instagrams, TikTok postings. I'm like all for that 100%. And they know you're reading it?
0: You're, 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 you just close this?
2: I mean, it's all transparent? The, like in my house, it's like I own this house. Anything yeah. in this house is mine. What's mine is mine, right? And you can borrow it. Mm-hmm. You can borrow TikTok. But, but here's the thing. So I guess, yeah, you tell them early on, like I may or may not. Here's the big key. And I see this all the time. The misstep parents do is they see something disconcerting and they go right to the kid with it. And then they're going to call the other parent and they're going to tell the other kid that was involved and they're going to get all into it. An they're explosion. Gonna, it's an explosion. The kid is embarrassed and humiliated. They've now closed down an opportunity for conversation and connection. And the kid's going to remember that. Okay. If I need to intervene or if a parent needs to intervene, because now it's like we're talking about hurting somebody, right? Or we're talking about something that's going to be unsafe or hurtful. That's when we want to pull our kids in as a partner in this, right? Again, not shaming our kids. How can you be part of this? This kid, you need to, it's more like, I got to be honest with you. I, I noticed on this string, this conversation, what did you think of that? Mm. what role do you want to play in that? What do you think we should do about that? My concern is the safety of this other kid because of this and that. Does that make sense? You know, could could it be this kid is at risk for, like, big feelings, right, of being hurt physically or, like, do you think he's super embarrassed being on this string and being called out like this? Right, so we're having a conversation that's promoting in our kid again thinking, right? Hopefully, evoking some empathy or not, because some kids are low on that empathy, or or maybe they're even having empathy, but they're not going to show us that, or maybe in our conversation they're not having em- empathy because they're so worried about like where we're going to take it, but later they're thinking about this and and bringing up some empathy. Mm-hmm.
0: And is it okay to share your opinion? If, if Once you get the answers to those questions, can you also share your opinion? Be like, well, hearing this makes me think that so-and-so is not a nice friend because they do X, Y, Z, or do you still refrain as a parent? Like-
2: no, I think we offer our opinion, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, we, we bottom line it, right? I think we get their their attention for about 90 seconds, right? So we really want to bottom line it. What do we want them to hear and know? And then it's great if we can like wrap it up with a question like, do you see where I'm coming from? That's or what do you think of what I'm saying?
0: It's hysterical to think the takeaway is like, you have 90 seconds with your kids. Go. What are you going to get? You got no pressure. 90 second attention span.
2: Because a lot of times what we do as parents is we get anxious, we worry, we're in fear. And then we just like vomit all that onto them through a lecture. Totally. And they're like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to take away from this. Like, what do you want me to know? That I suck? And like a tween, that's their message. So I suck.
0: Totally.
1: She's speaking tween again, Taylor. But I will say, like, my dad was a big lecturer. Like, he just... How'd you like that? I mean, I didn't. But because he did it so much and so frequently. Like, when I got to adulthood and I was confronted with a difficult decision or situation... I could hear him in my head cause I'd had to listen to it so much. And <laughs> you know, there's some value in that. I gotta be honest, like it was torture for, you know, 18 years, but right. then turned out it was pretty helpful.
2: I'll try it. See how it goes. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I know. I know. I, was just, I was like, We awful. could dig into more about what that was like for you, but we won't. <laughs> Again, I have time next Wednesday, yeah. Taylor. <laughs> She needs to pay you.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um, and,
2: so. and to your point, though, in all fairness, I don't want you to leave saying we just listen to our kids and we say nothing. Like there is, it's dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to stay away from, and maybe it worked for you, right? I've had clients say, hey, the hitting worked for me. All I'm saying is, we want to try to do more dialogue. We get yeah. to know them. I think it builds their self-esteem. It sure seems like a smarter approach. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to work. <laughs> That's great.
1: No, any other you know, words of wisdom before we wrap this
2: up as we head back to school? I don't know that there is. I mean, you're, you'll do your best, right? Be gentle. Self-compassion is super important for adults. We're, we're all in this trying to figure it out.
0: And with each other too, right? I and mean, we need to do a second other. session with like just couples. Oh
2: my God. But be, be kind, right? Give each other a pass. Like have some, have some intention of community so that we don't all feel so on edge and scared to share with each other what we're thinking and feeling because we don't want to be judged and, and shamed by it. Like we're all in the same boat. And so if we can remember that and really show up with an element of kindness for ourselves and for each other... Um, it makes it not so scary. That's
1: advice for everyone in every situation. Thank you. I know, I love Thanks that.
0: for having me. It's been so, so fun having you. As, as I said, we have to do uh, maybe down the line, maybe like around Valentine's Day or something, we'll have to do a, um, another session and just focus on couples and uh, show us what trends you're feeling that you're seeing there from COVID. I'm sure there's some fun ones there. Oh boy, <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you.